Good evening, and Happy New Year to all of you. It's great to be here at St. Paul's, worshiping with you, uh, taking part in this uh, rotation that we have worked out the last couple of years. Uh, it's my turn this year, so I, this is my third sermon of the day, uh, my third service of the day. Uh, I was at Calvary at 2 o'clock and in, uh, in, in, at St. John, St. Peter in Cleveland at four o'clock, and now for our, our evening service here, 6.30. So uh, my name is Stephen Wall. I'm the pastor at St. John St. Peter in Cleveland. Uh, some of you know my wife. She's the lunch lady here. And uh, some of you, of course, know the kids uh, attend the school here as well. So glad to be here, to be able to worship with you on this New Year's Eve, and to be able to enter the new year uh, with our Lord and Savior and celebrating his body and blood for the assurance of our salvation and forgiveness as well. We want to enter the new year with confidence, and that will be our theme for today. Let's begin our worship with our opening hymn, hymn 368, out of the blue hymnal, hymn 368, Now Greet the Swiftly Changing Year.
Please stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to the Lord. Holy God, gracious Father, I am sinful by nature and have sinned against you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved others as I should. I deserve your punishment both now and forever. But Jesus, my Savior, paid for my sins with his innocent suffering and death. Trusting in him, I pray, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Our gracious Father in heaven has been merciful to us. He sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, who gave His life as the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ, and by His authority, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In peace let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, before whom all generations rise and fall, teach us to think earnestly on the brevity of our lives and the immensity of your goodness. Help us to enter the new year trusting in the name of your Son and walking in the way of his peace. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Our first reading on this New Year's Eve is taken from the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, the first eight verses. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent, and a time to speak, A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. The word of the Lord.
Our second reading, which we'll focus on in the sermon today, is from Hebrews chapter 13, beginning at verse 5. Keep your lives free from the love of money, and be content with what you have, because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. For here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. The word of the Lord. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. Our gospel for this New Year's Eve is taken from Matthew chapter 25, the first 13 verses. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. And all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. We'll join in singing the sermon hymn, hymn 367, Across the Sky, the Shades of Night.
Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Happy New Year. You made it. Well, a couple hours to go yet, but we're getting close. It's that time of year again. Time to reflect on the past 365 days of the year. Time to look back and think about all the things that have changed. Some things changed for the better. Some things maybe aren't better. It got worse. Some things changed, but not really for the good or the worse. They're just different. What kind of changes have you seen in your life? over the past 365 days. Maybe you got married. That was exciting. Maybe you welcomed a new baby. What a change. The children all got bigger. Maybe the children began preschool. It's exciting. Or kindergarten. Maybe they began first grade. Maybe they were freshmen. In high school, starting at high school, maybe they graduated high school. What a milestone. And now they've gone off to college. Maybe it was your youngest who went off to college. And now you're an empty nester, missing the noise, the laughter of your children, wishing that they would come and visit a little more often. All kinds of changes that we see from year to year. How about at work? Did you start a new job? That's exciting. Nervous, I suppose, for that first day. Or maybe you're at the other end of the spectrum. Did you retire this year? It's kind of a sad day. Joyful, too. The last day working a job that you've worked for decades. What else has changed? How about your finances? Have they changed at all? Do you have a fully supplied emergency fund? Or was this a year that drained your emergency fund? Have you had to make changes to your spending habits due to the recession that they tell us began this year? And what about you personally? Have you changed? Well, the obvious answer is yes, of course, we all have changed. Whether we see the change always or not, we are changing, we are aging, a little bit older this year, maybe the hair getting a little bit grayer or a little bit thinner or both. Have you gotten healthier over the past year? Or are you finding it harder and harder to fight the, you know, the battle of the bulge? Have you been more disciplined with your diet? More disciplined with your finances? More disciplined with your time management? Have you improved yourself since last year? Did you finally write that novel that you were wanting to write? Did you learn a new language? Maybe learned a, a new skill that you could use 
at the office or on the job, maybe learned how to work some new equipment on the farm. At this time of year, we look back and we think of all those changes, some of them small and subtle, but changes nonetheless. We look back and we see those changes and we realize we are changing. Like it or not, change happens to each and every one of us. At this time of year, a lot of people make New Year resolutions. And isn't that, if we make those New Year resolutions, isn't that recognizing that, that people change and, and wanting, wanting to change for the better? Resolutions assume that there are things about ourselves that we don't like, that we want to improve, that we want to make better. We want to be healthier, wiser, more disciplined in the new year, maybe more active in church, more faithful in reading the Bible, less inebriated, less lazy, less careless with our money, less enticed by the lusts of the flesh. New Year's resolutions. We all have good intentions. But statistically speaking, most people fail to keep their New Year resolutions in about one to six weeks. More often than not, our sinful nature gets the best of us. And we slide back into our sinful practices of all the things that are changing around us, it seems the one constant in ourselves that we can rely on is our capacity to sin and how often we give into our sinful desires. As Jesus said, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Yes, you and I are constantly changing and we know what the root cause of that change is as our bodies gradually, slowly give into decay and death. We know the root cause is death. And the reason death came into the world was through sin. And so the reason our bodies are slowly giving into decay and death is our own sin. The wages of sin is death. The Bible makes it clear. Our minds and attitudes are infected with sinful thoughts, and all of this is pointing to one inescapable truth. We deserve God's wrath and punishment for our sins. As we enter into the new year, will we sin against God any less than last year? Will we succeed at keeping His commands any better than we did this past year? Or will we continue to fall into the same old patterns and habits of selfishness and self-gratification? Like the Israelites of old who in one moment cried out, yes, the law of God is good and we will keep your commands. And then in the next moment, we're charging across the line of God's command, wondering how far we can get before he rains down his wrath upon us.
But take heart, dear Christian. Yes, you, who are subject to change and decay and death by nature because of your sin, take heart. For in our text today, we find a wonderfully comforting truth. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Why is that comforting? It is comforting. Why is it comforting to know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever? It's comforting because we realize who Jesus is. Jesus is unique in all of history. Did Jesus change? In a sense, he did when he took on human flesh. But that's the mystery of the nature, the two natures of Jesus Christ, that he is both true God and true man. When he took on flesh, he took on the change that comes with being one of us born into this world so that he too had to grow as a baby into a child and then a young adult and then into an adult taking on that change and submitting himself even to the death that we, that we have within our own bodies. But Jesus was also true God, which means as true God, he does not change. God's word does not change. God's promises do not change. Jesus, as true God, does not change in his love, his compassion for his world for this fallen, sinful world, and for you and me in our wretched, sinful state, Jesus does not change. It was that love and compassion of God that led him to come into our world, born of a virgin. It was that compassion and love of God that led him to go to the cross and give himself there on the cross, shedding his blood, the blood that we receive in the sacrament tonight, giving his body, the body that we receive in the sacrament tonight for the assurance of the forgiveness of our sins. He gave his body, shed his blood on the cross to pay for all of your sins, to give you eternal life. The love and compassion of Jesus Christ does not change from day to day. It is constant and sure, just as God is constant and sure and does not change. So yes, that is incredibly comforting to hear that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And because Jesus does not change, we can face the changing year with confidence. Though we are constantly changing, subject to decay and death, yet Jesus is not. His love, His compassion does not change. And we can face the changing year with confidence. But that's not it. That's not all of it. We read that verse. That verse was from... Hebrews 13, verse 8. But in that same text in Hebrews 13, we hear also that Jesus abides with his people forever. We hear that in verse 5. And, and perhaps before we, we look at that, we should step back and say, to whom is the book of Hebrew written? 
It was written to first century Jewish Christians. We don't know who the author is. It could have been Paul, could have been Barnabas, could have been someone else. We don't know who the author is. But it was written to first century Jewish Christians who had, who had heard about Jesus, the Messiah, had come into the world and they trusted in Him. They became Christians. But as a result of their faith in Jesus, they started to face challenges and hardships in their lives. They started to face persecution. Persecution from their own people. As Jewish people, having become Christian, now they were considered outcasts. Their family disowned them. Their neighbors would no longer do business with them. And so some of them were facing hardship for their faith in Jesus. And tempted, tempted maybe to go back to the old the old ways, the old covenant ways, the, the Old Testament ways. There was also persecution that was beginning to grow from Gentiles as well, from the Gentile governors, the city councils. It was growing. It had not reached the severe point that it eventually would reach under Nero, Emperor Nero of the Romans, when persecution broke out throughout the entire Roman Empire. It wasn't there yet, but Christians would be shedding their blood, martyrs for their faith. And so as this, as, this, as this letter in Hebrews is written to those first century Jewish Christians who are tempted to step back from their faith, maybe to turn away from Jesus and, and to leave the Christian faith behind, go back to their Old Testament ways. You have this book that's written, an encouragement to stand firm in the faith. And the first nine chapters are really could be boiled down to this. What you have in Jesus is greater superior to anything that you had in the Old Testament. Jesus is greater than Abraham. Jesus is greater than Moses. Jesus is greater than the law. Jesus is greater than the Ten Commandments. Jesus is greater than the angels. Jesus is greater than the high priests and all the sacrifices that they made on the altars of Israel. Jesus is superior to all of them. Why would you want to give up what you have in Jesus? Jesus who is the fulfillment of those Old Testament pictures, Old Testament laws that had their fulfillment in Jesus. They were shadows and he was the reality. Why would you go back to those things? And so after all those chapters of impressing upon them, reminding them of what a treasure we have in Jesus Christ, then in the last few chapters of Hebrews, you have this strong encouragement to, to continue in the faith and an encouragement uh, as we continue in the faith to do those things that glorify God, that honor Him with our lives and with our bodies and with our actions and with our words and even with our thoughts. And, and that's where we pick up in verse 5 of Hebrews 13, the last chapter of Hebrews. It says, Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For God has said, and this is the quote, a quote from Deuteronomy 31 and also Joshua chapter 1, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. What a promise. What a glorious promise. But who was that promise made to originally? Both times, in Deuteronomy 31 and in Joshua chapter 1, that promise was made to Joshua. Joshua, who after 40 years under the, the leadership of Moses, now Joshua was, was chosen to be the leader who would lead Israel into the promised land with all the uncertainty that lay ahead of them. I mean, they were, once, once they crossed the Jordan River, 
they would be in hostile territory. They would be vulnerable crossing the Jordan River. And once they got on the other side of the Jordan River, then they're going to be trapped between the fortress that was Jericho and the Jordan River. And they would be attacked from all sides. How would Joshua take over as leader of Israel? But he had the assurance of God as he faced all that uncertainty. Who knows what would happen once they crossed into the promised land? All that uncertainty, and yet he had the sure word and promise of God. Never will I leave you, and never will I forsake you. And through the writer to the Hebrews, we have that same promise for you and for me that as we enter the uncertainty of 2023, you don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen in the coming year. But God does. And God will not leave you nor forsake you. God is with you. So we can say with confidence, again, quoting now from Psalm, Psalms, uh, the Lord is my helper, and I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? What a comfort to know that Jesus' abiding presence is with us. Jesus abides with his people. So we can enter the changing year, face the changing year with confidence. But not just that. It's not just that he's with us now and will be with us every single day of the coming year. That is comforting all by itself because whatever we face, we know that he will strengthen us through it. He will bring us through it. But, the, but Jesus abides with his people now and forever. And isn't that what we are all longing for. That is what it's all about, that we will be with God forever. In verse 14, we read, for we do not have a permanent city here, but we are looking for the city that is coming. You know, as you look back on the past year, what change probably hits home the most for some of you is the change of loss. Losing somebody who was close to you, dear to you, that emptiness, that grieving, that sorrow, especially this time of year, going through Christmas when that loved one is not there. But what a comfort to know that this life is not the end. In fact, it's, it's a sh- very short beginning compared to the eternity that we have with God, the permanent city that we hear about in Hebrews 13, verse 14. For we do not have a permanent city here. You look around at the world, there are ruins all over the place of cities, once thriving cities that have become ghost towns. This world is in a state of decay. We don't have a permanent city here. But we do have a permanent city in heaven. God is preparing a place for us. As the picture that he gives to John in Revelation, at the end of Revelation, the new Jerusalem, the city of God coming down out of heaven, dressed, adorned, as a bride is dressed for her groom. That city, that city with the water of life flowing through the street, 
that city where the Lamb of God is sitting at the center on the throne, the Lamb of God, and there's no need for the sun because, because there's light coming from Jesus. The glory of God fills that whole city. And you and I will get to be there. Not just us, but those loved ones that we miss who have died in the Lord, they are there too. We will all be there. That reunion around the throne of God, praising Him, singing glory to God in the highest for all eternity. Yes, so no matter what happens in this year, and it could be the very worst, it could, be, it could be pain and suffering and finally death. If that's what God has in store, so be it. We are with the Lord and we know that He will be with us through every step of the way. He will be with us even as, as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He walks with us. He's been there before. He died on the cross for our sins. And He will take us to be with Him forever into that enduring, permanent city. So we can enter the new year with confidence. We enter the new year with confidence because Jesus does not change. And because Jesus abides with his people now and forever. Knowing that, with that confidence, yes, happy new year. Amen. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Please stand. We confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated. We'll pray the responsive prayer of the church as is printed in the bulletin. I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. It is fitting, O Lord, in the final hours of this year to express our gratitude for the countless gifts of grace we have received from you. You clothe your creation with beauty 
you feed, even the birds, and tell us that we are much more valuable than they. Clothing and food, safety and health, possessions and money, even life itself, all these come to us from your generous hand. We thank you especially for your word and holy supper, which strengthen our faith, shield us from temptation, and equip us for service. Hear us, Lord, as we bring you our private petitions. Almighty and eternal God, you have been gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love, as you led your people Israel with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. So lead us by the light of your word, that we may live our lives to your glory and be prepared to die in your peace. Hear us, Lord, as we pray in silence. Eternal Father, sustain and protect the life of all people and provide a time of grace so that they may learn to love the blessings of life with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand. The Lord be with you. O come, let us lift up our hearts to the Lord. The Lord, our Redeemer, lived perfectly in love, rescued our fallen race to take us above. With hearts now uplifted, thanks to Him we render, with joy we come before Him, in gratefulness implore Him, with thankful hearts adore Him evermore. It is truly good and right that we should at all times and in all places give you thanks, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who in blessing His saints of the past has given us assurance and hope that following their example we may run the race marked out for us and receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of hosts, 
most by all adored. Heaven and earth cannot contain all the glory of your name. Hail, Hosanna, God most high. Blessed is he who now draws nigh. In the name of God the King, Alleluia's glad we sing. Hail, Hosanna, praises due, be forever, Lord, to you. We give thanks to you, O God, through your dear Son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent to be our Savior, our Redeemer, and the messenger of your grace. Through him you made all things, in him you are well pleased. He is the incarnate Word, conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. To fulfill your promises, he stretched out his hands on the cross and released from eternal death all who believe in you. As we remember Jesus' death and resurrection, we thank you that you have gathered us together to receive your Son's body and blood. Send us your Spirit, unite us as one, and strengthen our faith so that we may praise you in your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we glorify and honor you, O God our Father, with the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Take and eat. This is the true body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Drink from it, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Please be seated.
Please stand. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Whenever we eat this bread and drink this cup, we give thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us with this saving gift. We pray that through it you will strengthen our faith in you and increase our love for one another. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. God's word is our great heritage and shall be ours forever to spread its light from age to age shall be our chief endeavor through life it guides our way in death it is our stay Lord grant while worlds endure we keep its teachings pure throughout all generations. Once again, it's wonderful to be able to worship with all of you as you celebrate the end of 2022 and enter into 2023, hopefully confident, confident in the grace of God, your Savior,
who is always with you. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and always. May God be with you all as you celebrate this new year.